0: the following podcast
2: is a member of the great big owl family
1: hello welcome back to smirsch pod this is part two if you want to hear part one why not go back and listen to that in the meantime here's part two i hope you enjoy i really do I love this scene because this is this is um, Roger of the Spy who loved me. I think creeping out slightly, you know, with the speak now or forever hold your peace.
2: Oh, it's a great gag, mm. and
1: it, it, it's really it's a good it's a good little scene, you know. It's proper, great. The, you know. The, one
2: of the things that's frustrating about Bond is is when things happen for no reason at all. You know why why did those men on the motorbikes attack Bond on the ski slopes in your eyes Only? <laughs> why why when Blofeld wants Bond to get to him on the train, does he send Mr. Jinx, is it? In yeah. Spect- why, why does he do that? Why? Mm-hmm. And I, I really don't like that. But this is a little scene where Bond needs him proper information and he, he uses his expertise, he uses his reputation, and then he literally turns the table, turns the gun onto Lazar. And it's funny and it's good. It's, it's, it's very nice
1: Great dialogue as well when he says that it's mm. uh, strictly confidential and he says, like a doctor or a priest with the penitent. Mm. Oh, I
2: love that. Again, as I say, it's that lovely thing. That, that, I've forgotten that guy's name, but it's lovely. It's a beautiful little cameo. You know? I'm sure mm. Guy Hamilton chose him very carefully.
1: This is kind of, um, I say trilogy because I think he did a bit more work here and there, but this is kind of like the Tom Mankiewicz trilogy because... Yeah, yeah. He came in on "Live and Let Die," then "Diamonds Are." Oh, sorry, "Diamonds Are Forever," then "Live and Let Die," then this. I think he did a bit more here and there, but these are kind of like his main projects, and they're they're a bit. Yeah. They're all three are a bit strange, like you were mentioning earlier. They have a weird kink well, in them.
2: Well, they go, um, you know, they they go away from Richard Mybum and um, mm. and because he he brings something totally different to "Diamonds Are Forever." Uh, you know Sean Connery said, I, th- "I think this is a good one. The script's very good, and he, it, it's what it is. The, one of the odd things about Diamonds, another of my favourites, mm. is it's basically the Roger Moore era in yeah. embryo, isn't it? Absolutely. It's Sean Connery in a Roger Moore film. Yeah. Albeit it's a, it's a very it's a very nasty film. That's what I love it for. It's, it's yeah. so nasty. <laughs> but it is. I mean, he's he's having Connery's having a ball. I can't bear him in You Only Live Twice because he's clearly bored to tears. Mm. Yeah." one of the reasons I don't buy the idea that if only he'd done on, a majesty's um, it would have been transcendent is, is because he was so bored in the early live twice. You can only imagine how bored he'd have been in that. Yeah. Um, but in diamonds, he's having a ball mm-hmm. and it, it's, 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 it's infectious. His enthusiasm and his sense of fun is infectious. And, and the whole script is so campy like that. And so curious. And then, Mankovich takes up through through into uh into Let, and Let Die. And I think and then by his own admission, it's sort of slightly written out uh for Golden Gun. And then he does come back and polishes Richard Myron's script, doesn't he? But yeah, uh, it's it's um you know, thematically there's a lot of interesting as you say, it's it's kinky stuff, it's str- it's weird. <laughs> it's yeah. weird. Yeah. They're all they're all interestingly essentially plotless. Mm. The the whole thing with the cassette recording in Diamonds is is pointless. <laughs> Live and Let Die dies about heroin smuggling. What? Yeah, what yeah. is that? It's nothing. And Gun Gun, as I say, should be about just Bond and Scaramanga. But there's another thing. So I don't think that's his. Those bits aren't his strong points. His strong points are brilliant set pieces, fantastic dialogue, and really kind of outre little characters and gags. You know, I think like, he's very good at gags. And gags. Oh yes, yeah. he's a very very funny man.
1: Yeah, he's a massive hero Mike. because my favourite film ever is Superman the movie. And I think oh, well, yeah, without him, yeah. yeah, it would have been... No, I mean, you can, all
2: those gags are there, are his, aren't they? Just oh. it's so in his
1: style. Lex Luthor is a Bond villain. Yeah, yeah. He's I that.
2: mean, he's, um, he's the Bond villain we were always denied, isn't he?
1: Absolutely. Oh, that is
2: that funny. how you get your kicks, Luthor, by planning the deaths of innocent people? No, by causing the deaths of innocent people.
1: I'm just that, that gag, uh, the gag where Miss Teschmacher says, "My mum lives there." And he looks at his watch. Hackensack, New, Hackensack, Jersey. Sachs, New Jersey. yeah. Mm. Looks at his watch, shakes his head. Brilliant. Um, so... Next town, Lutherville, <laughs> Otisburg, <laughs> Otisburg, Chapter and Verse. <laughs> Amazing. It's just an itty-bitty little place. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so from here, he finds out that the uh, that the transaction happens at the casino. So he. He heads over. Well not a casino, it's like a kind of games thing. It looks like they're all playing boggle. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and he follows the, the, the courier back to the hotel, and this is where we get Maud Adams as uh, Andrea mm. Anders. And this is where he physically assaults her as she comes out of the shower.
2: <clears throat> yes, it's um it's a tough watch, isn't it? As Piers no, Broughton would yeah. say,
1: not our finest hour.
2: Mm. He's he's just sort of ogling her through the shower.
1: It's really about. <laughs> It's very unpleasant. Yeah. It doesn't that. suit him. He does it again in View to a Kill, though. He, oh, turns yes. up and he has tuss. an excuse there. He,
2: said, he had an excuse that His mind was
1: going...
2: <laughs> 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 Not and Roger, James Bond. James
1: Bond. <laughs> and he was, also a, he was also a journalist from the Financial Times, and that's what they do.
2: Oh, that's right, yes. He's probably what
1: they He probably is. Um, um, yes. Yes,
2: and she's well, she's, she's Garamanga's girlfriend. Missed, and he, and... he tries
1: to slut-shame her, which is unbelievable. mm Says, and then she,
2: she vouchsafes the information that he only has sex with her before a kill, yeah. Which, which, given that he doesn't do it very often, means <laughs> she's 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 not having a very good time.
1: Well, she may as well be married to him. <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> um, uh, but we also, before that, we met Brett Eklund as well as Mary Goodnight.
2: Yes, yes. It's interesting, isn't it? Both the both the Bond girls copyright mm-hmm. are Swedes, yeah. Which is a strange thing for man. It doesn't really. Fit the mix, isn't it? I don't. I mean, I, God bless her. I don't think Britt Eckman's very good. <laughs> no, I don't think she is. and I think Mary Goodnight is is so should should be incredibly English. I think mm. maybe not even British, just English. And it's there's something a bit odd, yeah, off about that casting. Whereas I think Maud Adams is great. I mean, she's she looks um she looks she's incredibly beautiful, and I think mm. she, in a way that. Some fashions uh, date and others don't. She continues to look utterly spellbinding. Yes. She looks, everything she wears is wonderful. She looks sort of like Faye Dunaway. um, Yeah. And that big hat and stuff. Whereas, uh, and Barbara Bach's like that in Spy, everything she wears in that film still looks brilliant. It's never really gone out
1: of fashion. The photo of Faye Dunaway the morning after the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Whereas some uh, others. I mean, I think Roger's stuff in this film is generally disappointing. I mean, obviously, it's, it's the much-maligned safari suit, but Christopher Lee appears to be wearing a pair of NHS pyjamas for a lot of it, and his tracksuit. I mean, he doesn't have to have a Nehru jacket, but it's it's a bit sort of – it's all a bit sort of um...
1: – Hasn't he got, like, a pair of gazelles on as well?
2: Roger.
1: Uh, Christopher, oh. like he's going to go and do five-a-side on a Sunday. Oh yeah, oh that's good. That's the good yeah. bit. I yeah, like it. Yeah. No, but there's
2: a very. This is a strange thing. And my dad um, bears more than a passing resemblance to Roger Moore, hmm. and several times in the seventies was mistaken for it. This is absolutely true. I mean, you know, in Hartlepool's by the sea, in the northeast, by <laughs> blind old ladies. Yes, but he was mistaken for Roger Moore. But there's a and it, a, in this film. Roger Moore really dresses the way my dad did at exactly the same time. <laughs> and there's a, that bit of the boxing match when he when he reaches for the Solix agitator oh. with his loafer. Oh, God, those and shoes. His, and his slacks, yeah. Oh. It's just like my dad reaching for a packet of Bensons.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, those shoes make me feel sick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Quite right.
1: They're really unpleasant. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, also, the, the weird thing about Anders is that when... Um, when um she gives Bond the information about where to go and, and Christopher Lee kills who, who what turns out to be Gibson the, the Solex uh, oh, yeah, yeah. um he returns to Anders to obviously engage in some form of intercourse which involves sort of molesting her with a gun.
2: Yes, yes. Um that's that's Tom Mankovich maybe. <laughs> I think it might be. I think it might be. Yes. But he's great it's he he's very um he's at his most Dracula like in those scenes, I think mm. Christopher Lee had a very particular way of caressing his victims in, in his hammer movies, a sort of light kiss. Yeah. Uh, which is very like that. I have to say that I love the bit when he kills Gibson. It's great. Um, it? But that, that amazing close up of Christopher Lee's eye mm-hmm. it, bearing down, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and th- that's a really, again, it, this film is sort of, halfway to being really strange that's yeah. that's what's interesting about it it's um you know and that whole neon lit macau kind of atmosphere the assassination through the billboard uh or from the opposite building you know and then Nick nack turning up in his little bowler hat like a mini odd job it's really weird isn't really it weird. it's yeah. weird the way it's done um, as
1: well it just tracks him mm-hmm. across those tvs and everything and
2: yeah, yeah, it's very good. I, I think it's sort of, it, you can imagine it, you know, if if the camera angles were more kind of crazed and Dutch angles and stuff, it would probably be more talked about as a sort of, you know, the famous assassination sequence or something like
1: that. Yeah. But it's not even the weirdest bit in the film, though, is it? No. <laughs> and that's, that's coming up in a bit. Um, but yeah, so Bond's arrested because he's standing next to a corpse. And uh, Nick knack takes the... Agitator out of the wallet. He's arrested by Lieutenant Hip. Yes. Who I'm hoping his surname is To be Square. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um uh, but he's not arrested. He's taken to MI6, and that's yes, this is- which brilliantly, brilliantly, oh, I love this
2: is um is in for no reason at all. No, it is. There is a reason. Isn't? its is in the wreck of the Queen Elizabeth in. Hong Kong harbour yeah that's now that's now that's the way to do it that's a that's a Ken Adam set uh, or a set idea I think it's you know the the, the guy explains that they're basically between the Chinese and uh, the West are they it's a, the Americans or something so it's a good sort of listening point. I mean imagine what it would cost to yeah. convert <laughs> <laughs> but what you get and again a sort of funhouse way is all these crazy angles and all the flaws are all uh, on the piss and everything. And, um it's a lovely idea. I remember being charmed by it mm. as, as a kid because I remember the I remember it happening. I remember the Queen Elizabeth burning. And it was very current, you know. Mm. Um but the, the, the but again weirdly it's infected by the by the brownness of the film because in order to be a wreck it's a, the inside has to be sort of mucky uh, uh, uh the wallpaper is peeling off and stuff like that. So even it's sort of, even it's Ken Adam set is a bit, a bit off, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which sort of maybe gives it a different kind of flavor. Do
1: you think Bond must wonder sometimes that he's in some sort of version of the Truman show? Yeah. Because everywhere he goes, MI6 set up an office.
2: Yeah. Well, there's, there's a, you know, that, that, that great bit in, um, the first Austin Powers about the, oh, yeah. the 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 wives of the henchmen. Mm-hmm. I, I always think about the really really long haul flights that Desmond Llewellyn has to take. Yeah, at, at his age, uh, whatever it is, really not wanting to have to go to Egypt <laughs> just <laughs> just to for some reason supervise some training which they could do in Boreham Wood. Mm-hmm. But you know you have to you have to take these things at a picture.
1: <laughs> but also, Bernard Lee at this point, as you say, he looks a bit sourced. I'd imagine yeah, yeah. that it must be quite tough in the terms of coordination to stand up from your your desk and everything look that wonky. I don't know, probably the only time
2: in his life it looked correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I imagine at the end of every day he's kind of steered out of the gutters by a helper with a <laughs> yeah. brush.
2: Yes, I'm afraid so. John Mills just t- told amazing stories about when they were making Dunkirk. I think, I think Bernard Lee was so pissed... He, he couldn't come out of his trailer. He had to sort of, he had to drag him out for that. There's a famous scene on the beach when they're praying, I think, and it's really brilliant, but he only got to, he got it by sort of punching him into doing it.
1: Oh my God. Shame. shame. Is a shame. He was fantastic. He was. And,
2: and I'm sure you're a great devotee of talking pictures TV, but uh, oh. you, you see Bernard Lee. I watched a, a film from the thirties the other day where he's basically the juvenile lead. And it's wow. just extraordinary to see him young. I mean, he was never young because he right. has that kind of face, but, you know, just unboozed and untrammeled by the years. It's, it's an extraordinary sight.
1: I mean, even the third man, he looks quite like a young yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's so good. He was so good. <laughs> yeah. um, but as, it, as I say, it turns out that the man who was assassinated was Gibson. And um, as you said earlier, Q's—I li- I mean, sorry, M is livid. Yeah, for some reason. He basically calls them both useless.
2: Lieutenant Hip and James Bond, yes. Yeah.
1: But they've got a lead because there's a rich businessman called High Fat, and Bond reckons he's yes. the only man who could pay to have that assassination made. So he's got a plan because no one knows what Scaramanga looks like. So, hey, why don't I go there with a false nipple and pretend to be him?
2: Yes, but little does he know that Scaramanga's already there watching him, isn't he? I love that he's bit. always bothered me, even as an eight-year-old kid, that when he's finished his mission... He flicks his his false tit into the bushes before I getting it. into the car. Yeah, um, and not only has Q Q division gone to a lot of expense making that superfluous papilla, but also he might need it again. He's going back for dinner. What yeah. if High Fat says to his to his
1: henchman, "Show us your tit,
2: <laughs> Scaramanga," <laughs> he, and then what would he do? you have what, to draw one on with a pencil.
1: It's what Hannibal used to do in the A-Team all the time. He'd walk out of the room in the disguise and just take it off immediately.
2: Don't what? mention the A-Team. <laughs> don't, don't sully this conversation. I'm oh, sorry. I'm very sorry. But also,
1: <laughs> when he goes to um, High Fats Mansion, which, by the way, looks like it's from Chessington World of Adventures. Um, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, he meets... Because he say,
2: Grizzly Land. Mm,
1: he does, doesn't he? <laughs> we, we meet Chew Me.
2: That's a good one. I like that. I can yeah. live with that. I can live with Chewy. Yes, yeah.
1: she's completely naked, and you can see everything. Yes, in the pool. Is that oh. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's a there's a few
2: there's a few sort of sort of Fu Manchu like puns going on there, which um, which haven't haven't dated very well, I have to say. Yeah, it's very often um, powers
1: as well, Me.
2: Yeah, uh, and then high fat is well, he regards Scaramanga as a paid employee, which doesn't go down well. does he?
1: No, it's the first. It's the first oh, slight.
2: Yes, I was. I was a bit confused about what was going on at this point about the solix agitator and everything. Again, it's sort of, it's slightly spoiling everyone's fun because it's it's a bit of an indigestible plot. Um, I yeah. like the bit with um, knickknack as the uh, as the sort of uh, s- statue with the trident. It's, it's
1: strangely scary. It that. feels like can um, a Ken Russell bit. That it's just like
2: yes, although again I, you have to think, how long has he been standing there yeah. like the sumo wrestlers who are waiting to attack Bond, how long have they been waiting wonder no wonder they in
1: traffic. <laughs> also I, going back a bit I love the bit when he's talking to High Fat and he's basically like going hey that James Bond is really good you should watch out for him yeah I know,
2: he's it's, it's, it's quite better again isn't it he's yeah. really trying to dig himself up he's amazing. I've never heard of him, really <laughs> he's awesome uh, but, yeah,
1: so he gets knocked out, and then he wakes up at a high-fats fighting school.
2: Yeah, this is one of those annoying bits, mm. <laughs> where just just for this, basically in order to have a kung fu, long, long kung fu sequence, uh, he he doesn't want Bond killed on his own property. He sends him to be pampered at a karate school. <laughs> For a, about a day. and again, like we've that.
1: got a scene we don't yeah. see where someone's undressed Bond and dressed him again while he's unconscious. Yes, yes. It happens a lot. That was knick-knack. That was knick-knack. Yeah. Paddywhack. Um, uh, but,
2: um, yeah, I, I found those sorts of things annoying. But then, you know, you, you could go on at length, I'm sure someone has, about the reasons why Bond has to become a Japanese fisherman in your own life twice.
1: <laughs> it's these, never these,
2: clear. These, well, it's clear in the book because he mm. goes undercover for months. In right. the film, however... Not okay.
1: so, <laughs> no. and he's really grumpy about it until he's, he realizes he's going to have an attractive wife, and then he's quite happy about yeah, it. yeah, yeah, um, miserable that is, but long story short, he escapes the firing school, and then we get the exciting sight once again of sheriff j. w. pepper
2: mm-hmm. now this is um this is the first example of what I would call jaw syndrome, yep, uh where you bring back. A genuinely and deservedly popular character from the previous film, and throw it away. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's that's not true because Clifton Clifton James is delightful, but it's just the same stuff, isn't it? No, it's it's just so strange that they have two speedboat sequences in subsequent and successive films. It's yeah. it's just odd. I mean, there, there must have been something else, and yet there isn't. And and weirdly. It's it's a sort of law of diminishing returns, isn't it? Because it, what what is sort of arresting and, and, and new in Live and Let Die on the Everglades looks like a sort of sloppy second in, a, in mucky brown dishwater, doesn't it? Um, right. With added racism. Yeah, that's so, what annoys me about so. it. Is that he's
1: brought in to do just a just do a bit of racism, darling, and then fall in the water. Would you? Yeah. And then he's in Superman yeah, too, yeah. a few years later, doing the same yeah Yeah. Art. But I don't you. Th- I
2: I, I think he is Sheriff J. W. Pepper. I think it's a crossover film.
1: I always, I've always thought so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, but I what I love about this is then it cuts back to Scaramanga, who basically hears that Bond's got away, and High Fat panics and says like, "We'd we'll have to get rid of this. Take it back to the factory." And I love that you've got Christopher Lee just sat there silently building his gun. He's
2: terrific. See, that's what we've. That's what we paid our money for. Yeah, that's that's a really good Bond scene. He's he's smiling. He's calm. He assembles his gun from his his strange components, and then he says, "You always like that, Borsoleyum. Put him in it. Mm. Terrific."
1: And then he tells everyone he's resigned. Oh, so good. Um, but mm. Bond, in meanwhile, uh, has this wonderful chase with the greatest, I think, the greatest car jump in the world. Slightly ruined, I say slightly. It's more than that. By the swanee whistle, but it's such a good jump.
2: <laughs> the swanee whistle is an eerie precursor of the Beach Boys theme. Beautiful, yeah. kill isn't it? Or is, the, the it Tarzan is. yell? Yeah. Oh my God, what were they thinking? I don't know. I mean, there must be. You know, uh, you know, George Lucas can't be kept away from destroying his his early work. No. Um, but surely there should be some kind of special edition without the swanee whistle.
1: <laughs> well, someone gave me an edit could watch. Someone gave me an edit of the film without the swanee whistle, and I tell uh-huh. you what, because it's been speaking into me so much, it felt lacking. Did, he,
2: did you do it yourself?
1: I kind of did mentally. Yeah. It, it I suppose you could anything. just turn it
2: down at that point. Can you? Yeah. No, it's an amazing stunt. I mm. think there's. If I may bore on, I mean this is the place to do it, mm. but mm. the the thing that sort of, the thing that uh, that depresses me about Bond to this day, f- is is that from a, quite an early stage, they were thinking about stunts and set pieces, yeah, instead of the, the plot the, the story, and it's obviously what Connery got pissed off about, and all sorts of people got pissed off about. But it, you know, I think it's all very well to think, oh, that was a good stunt, we could use that, but it's the idea that they sort of. They sort of put them in a in a file and think, oh, we could use that one day, mm-hmm. and then basically end up writing a whole thing around it. When it, I mean, isn't it? Aren't the um, aren't the uh, those circular sugarcane chainsaw things? Is that in? Is that in? Octopus. Uh, Octopusy and
1: and. Oh, uh, the word not, is enough? not enough. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, but it's you know, if it came out of a. Of a chase sequence in a sugar cane plantation or something fantastic, it's just completely contrived because it's like a cool idea, and and uh, I I don't I don't include the the Swanny whistle stunt in this because it is a great it's amazing isn't it Yeah 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 and and you know Scaramanga is getting away but it's sort of like it's the beginning of those things or where you just sort of think they've just had an idea they've just seen that on cable TV and thought
1: we'll t- put that in a film one day. But it was uh, pl- plotted out by a computer. Yes, indeed. It's incredible. If you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff, I'm sure you did, as you mentioned, you did. It's yeah. amazing to see how they did it back then. Um, oh, it's it's charming
2: as well, isn't it? Because it looks like an old sort of footage of a Tie Fighter, mm-hmm. or uh, from yeah. ILM, yep. or um, or sort of or Voyager, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It's, it's proper computer simulation from the from the seventies. Like Tron. Yes.
1: But But it's also got the amazing precursor of, you're not gonna. Yeah. I sure am, boy. I sure am, boy. Yes. I love. (laughs) How could you fail to love Roger? That's the thing.
2: Well, I don't know how anyone could. He's, Mm. it's a really, you know, it's, I, I think obviously Connery, Connery is the best James Bond. That's a fact. Um, But the fact that Roger Moore could could make an entirely um, rival and equally successful interpretation is genuinely incredible, Uh, and to do it with such elan and uh, he's such a wonderful charming presence, isn't he? Yes. I, you know, he, he wanted to, his his autobiography was called My Word is My Bonderson, awesome, mm-hmm. but he wanted to call it Lucky Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's just so perfectly him, isn't it? No one has a bad word to say about it. No. He was just a delightful man. No, you know, absolutely. caring, loyal, very funny, very generous, incredibly self deprecating. I mean it's oh. just it's it's everything you want in a leading man, isn't it? He's I mean, we'll come on to this, but Um, I I think where Bond should go next especially because the world is in such a terrifying state is to be more Rog that doesn't mean it has to have swanny whistles but to be lighter and more escapist is where I think it should go Mm -hmm. but who is the Roger Moore du jour that is a big question
0: Those Twitter notifications forgot to watch anything but Netflix, dreading the video conference small talk at nine. You need a new vitamin, you know. You need the Smart Seven. It's a brand new daily podcast that puts your brain into gear. Everything you need to know in less than seven minutes. You need the smarts? Hey, we got the smarts. The Smart Seven every weekday at 7 a.m. Available right now on Spotify and all the usual places.
1: also very for for children of my generation who grew up with him being their bond it's also very fatherly as well um which is something
2: (laughs) yes indeed no i mean there's something he's avuncular isn't he yeah it's uh i mean it's he gets the girl and everything but it's not he's not a sexual athlete he's not a predatory Beast like Connery is. It's just, right. it's a different, it's, it's gentlemanly, isn't it? It, it? it would seem bad manners not to get off with him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I include myself in that. Um, of course. But he goes back to, uh, well, basically, they're chasing Scaramanga. Scaramanga flies off in a flying car. Yeah. That'll do. Finish that scene <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, So Bond goes back to have dinner with Goodnight, and, she, and he, this is where he has his glass of foo f- yuck poo yuck yeah yeah when he says I approve (laughs) which I often do when I'm tasting wine at a restaurant (laughs) Uh, but goodnight says she doesn't want to be one of his passing fancies because he's clearly after a shag but then eventually relents Uh, this is my favourite bit because he's having uh, intercourse with her trying to instigate it when uh, Anders arrives so he hides goodnight in the cupboard so she can listen to him having sex with someone else
2: yes a little bit of French farce there (laughs) I uh, was, I was, uh, and then he lets her out at two in the morning. So uh I was. She says, "You mean I've been in here for for two hours?" So we know how long Bond can shag for. That's a, that's a stat.
1: You're saying that's (laughs) just once. It might have been 120 times. It's
2: true. It's true. Actually, also it might be two o'clock the next morning.
1: It could be. Could be a week later. (laughs) The day. (laughs) oh I love this Um, so basically uh, Anders tells him I sent you the bullet it was my kind of cry for help I need you to kill Scaramanga Um, and we're going to be at this kickboxing match tomorrow I'm going to give you the agitator and everything is going to be great so next day he goes to the kickboxing match meets Anders and she is dead and this is what you were talking about earlier Scaramanga turns up and just absolutely just spins gold wonderful and
2: also just the little scene before when she comes back to the junk, mm. Scaramanga's junk. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and he says, you're late. And, and he knows something's up. And we know that he knows. And then of course, the next time we see her, she's dead. So he, he, he does not tolerate treachery. Um, yeah, it's a love- the kickboxing scene is terrific. I think, say. Oh. very underrated. Goodnight messes it up by getting herself locked in the back of the car. I love, I love it when he just pushes Christopher Lee just pushes her into the trunk of the car. Yeah.
1: it's really brutal. And I love Roger's expression when really he finds when she radios and says, "I'm in the back of his car," and he's just like, "Oh, yes. for fuck's sake!" <laughs> <laughs> but this is another um, instance of um, Bond in those days was an aspirational thing because it was kind of like. We are showing you Thailand here. This is like almost like an advert for Thailand. You can go and watch kickboxing. You can go on these lovely beaches. Um, something that's lost yeah, these par- days because people are travelling more.
2: No, they're not. That's not people will be watching The Man with the Golden Gun on repeat now because the- <laughs> no, <laughs> I will because no. it's Thailand. Yeah. Um, no, it's. I, I think there's something really powerful about that in early Bond <clears throat> that the people. You know, it was incredibly aspirational. People didn't travel like that. The idea of a BOAC ticket to Jamaica—I mean, it's incredible—and quite understandably and rightly, they were showcasing these lo- local colour. Really, uh, the, the interesting again, the interesting thing about this film is that it's a sort of slightly B-road version of it, isn't it? It's yeah. you know, sumo wrestling in in You Only Live Twice is was probably the first time that I'd been seen outside of Wicked World. Yeah. He was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Whereas it's just a sort of bit mucky, this boxing match. I mean, they are kickboxing, but it's not, it's not a thing that would make you go, I don't, I don't know which culture I'm in or something. It's again, it's just a bit sort of sweaty and low rent, which is maybe why I like it so
1: much. (laughs) (laughs) I should say I've, I've drank quite a lot of wine. So I've actually mucked up the, uh, how the scenes fall here. Never Uh, Don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, we, we'll we'll skip over it. Um, Poo-yuck, I hope. Is uh, uh, it Poo-yuck? It is Poo-yuck, yeah. Yeah. And I approve. <laughs> um, so Bond gets in this, I love this little plane. So I looked it up, it's a Republic RC3CB, and he flies to James Bond Island, as it's known now. And I love this. What I love most about this moment is that usually when Bond arrives at a baddie's base, He's grappled by four guards, and the baddie is all stern and everything. Scaramanga's like he's turning up to MTV Cribs. He's like, "Come in, Mister Bond. Come and have a look around my beautiful island. I've got so much to show you." And I love that but dynamic. The,
2: yes, but it's also it's great. Because, again, it's so light. But also, he's doing it because he is totally confident. Mm. There's no way he's getting off that island. I and mean, he has that he, when when the, when the his red Chinese masters ring up and say there's someone coming. He says it's a guest. No, he won't be leaving. That's yes, wonderful. Yes, yes. And so he does it he has the he has the super super confidence of a man who knows it's going to go his way. So he as all good villains uh, should be, he's he's magnanimous. He's a generous host because because he's he's sort of fattening the calf, isn't it? He? He's giving yeah. him one last hurrah. And because he genuinely respects him. And we are the best, Mr. Bond. And so he wants to, wants to kill him in a duel in order to be the crowning glory of his career. Like Another to... echo of uh, Goldfinger, actually, a sort of yeah. artistic moment for crime.
1: I'd also like that to be my toast from now on. From now on, sorry, just hold up a glass and say, We are the best.
2: <laughs> you, you're very welcome to do that.
1: I'm going to. Uh, no one's going to stop you. No, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's quite morale boosting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that we have this one. And then he's an
2: interesting thing. And then, mm. of course, mm. we get the first appearance of. There's a useful four-letter word, and you're full of it, Mm. which of course is reprised in the living Daylights.
1: It is, Mm. yeah,
2: recycling their own gags.
1: I like it when they do that, though. (laughs) Uh, But the dinner scene is absolutely wonderful, and um, Coogan and Bryden did it again brilliantly in the trip. But I absolutely love the exchange here about come, come, Mister. Do you know I've not seen that? Which one is that? It's in the first, very first series. Is it? They they basically they basically parrot. This scene, pretty much word for word. Come, come, Mr. Bond.
0: Come, come, Mr. Bond. You get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. That was the. All right. Worst okay. All right. It. This is it. This is it. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Fucking yeah. No, you went up at the end, like you, yes. like you watch You see what soaps. I
2: did on my face? Come, come,
0: Mr. Bond. You get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. When I kill, I kill for queen and country. Though I admit, killing you, I like. The,
2: I like the fact that Roger finishes his lunch, mm. which shows also great confidence. You know, he's not going to be frightened into it. I was just going to say that yeah. Bond's equally
1: confident that he'll get off the island.
2: Well, there we are. Yes, indeed. Uh, I,
1: I, but again, there's a there's theres
2: sort of I suppose there's something small scale, isn't there? The the, there's just the four, just the three of them at the, at the lunch table, um, whereas something it's, uh, equivalent scene, which is Doctor No, of course, is surrounded oh. by all that uh, rock and chrome and everything, and it's it's just a bit. But then there's, again, there's something quite d- domestic about it. The fact that with the laser thing, he blows up, he blow Scaramanga blows up the plane, and then yeah. the gong sounds, and he goes
1: lunch. Yeah, so <laughs> that's curious. great. And what I love is, is perhaps feeding into Scaramanga's sense of confidence is that perhaps he's overconfident because when he starts the duel and then get, takes Bond into that particular funhouse and knickknack works all the gadgets, Bond is a step ahead of him because he's foolishly put a mannequin that looks exactly like him in the room. Yeah. It's good,
2: that, isn't it? Oh, I, I love mean, it. I, I mean, that's very neat. I
1: like that. I know it's coming every time, by bloody luck. But <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: the, the, here's, the, here's the. It's those scenes we never see. At some point. Roger has to knock that dummy over mm-hmm. and get that suit on. When is he? He does that very quickly. Yeah. But that's a lovely little thing because you you see it foregrounded without its shot-off fingers, and then the next time you see it, it's got its fingers. So if, you, if you're eagle-eyed, you know what's coming. He's probably used um, to quick
1: dressing because, you know, he has to deal with jealous husband, outraged tailors.
2: Yes, yes, indeed. indeed. <laughs> he knows his stuff. He's probably got a zip down the back of his
1: suit. Probably has. It's probably like a stripper Velcro <laughs> thing going on. <laughs> Uh, but it's such a beautiful way to get rid of Scaramanga, you know, hoisted by his own baton and his own fun house. He's his, 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 um, what killed him. I think that's so good. Well, it's, a, yes, it's a very
2: neat bit of writing. It really yeah. is. It's nicely done to come right back to that at the end. It's very nice.
1: Yeah. And then him and um, um, Goodnight go on their boat to have their, their nookie. But they're disturbed by Nick Knack. Yes. But they deal with him like a ventriloquist dummy, I find.
2: That's correct. <laughs> get back in the box!
1: I'm not going in the box!
2: <laughs> yes. But point, I, I like the a little flash of, of Roger's cruelty. Yeah. He, he lets Goodnight believe that he's thrown Nick knack overboard. Yeah. But then, of course, the last shot is, is poor Hervé up in the rigging looking very pissed off. He, he's, he's, he's genuinely pissed off because he doesn't get the island. Bond's blown it up. Yeah. It's not fair. It's really not fair because he... But I suppose he will inherit Scaramanga's money. Yeah, maybe there's there's a little mini sequel, a gen, mini genuinely mini sequel. Do you know Ed, uh, Tom Mankiewicz originally called him Demitas? Oh, that's rather good, isn't that? That is not it thats good because he was
1: because he was French. Something yeah. Like Did you know Roger hated him? Really? Yeah. No, really. Yeah, because he was a he was like a shag monster.
2: Yes, I know that.
1: He was like a rat up a drainpipe, and uh, apparently he was always. Not very professional in terms of his behaviour. Oh, dear. So Roger didn't like him very much. Found him very oh, abrasive. Dear.
2: Oh, my goodness. That's unusual for
1: Roger. Yeah. It, well. it is unusual for Roger. Yes. Only have you person... seen My Dinner
2: with Hervé? Yes. I haven't. I've only seen the trailer. I'd love to see I'm intrigued by the recreation of the Golden Gun scene as well. It just seems, it seems extraordinary.
1: It's such a thing could have happened. I love it. I know. It's good. It's well worth watching. It's good. Mm. It's got dinklage. It's going to be good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now we get the familiar trope of M ringing up to ask oh, Bond out's going yes. and uh, to speak to Goodnight. How did he get that number? I don't know. I guess they can use that. They can. They're the government. They've got everybody's number. Mm.
2: Even even the Scaramanga who's, whose identity is
1: unknown. Even Scaramanga. Yes. ex directory yes. I guess. He probably
2: rang up that hotel manager who knows Bond. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> have you got? Have you got a Commander Bond there? Yes. Oh, have you got um, Francisco Scaramanga's number? Let me check.
1: Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bond says she's just coming, sir. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And so M has to listen to them having sex again.
2: Yeah. It's Good night. night. Good night. Good night. Good night, sir. Very
1: neat. Very oh, nice. It's his lot in life to sit there listening to Bond have sex. <laughs> it's happened to him more times than he can mention. That's why he turned to the bottle. <laughs> Absolutely. You would, wouldn't you? Uh, you would, yes. Listen to Bond's, Bond's constant Mexican push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> but we've reached the end of the man with the golden. Oh no. I know. Great. I know, isn't it sad? It went very quickly. It did, but I've got some quick fire questions for you that can extend our conversation. Mano a mano. Great. So Mark, what's your favourite Bond film?
2: My favourite Bond film? Or the best Bond film?
1: I think your favourite. Is that the
2: next is that the next question?
1: No, no, I'd say your favourite, your your personal favourite. Oh, service. my favourite is on Imagine
2: Secret Service uh-huh. by a country mile.
1: Okay, and, and what, and what, in your opinion, is the least good Bond film?
2: This is a tough one.
1: Oh.
2: I love them all equally. Uh, no, I... Um, hmm. I think For Your Eyes Only is pretty dull. Mm-hmm. I I gave that another spin about a year ago and I was bored to tears. It's got bits, of course it has, but yeah. It's dull. Yeah. dull. Dull is the world. I don't you know, there there are people who will save you to a killer. I wouldn't have that for oh a minute. God, it's, it's, it's riotously entertaining. It's
1: hilariously funny.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Um Uh The World Is Not Enough is cr- incredibly dull. Yeah. Dull, dull film. Yeah. I'll take another, I'd take die another day over that any time. Absolutely, because it's very entertaining. Yeah, it's "World's Not Enough" is so dull. "Quantum of Solace," I have not seen since it came out, and I didn't like it at all. Did you see Spectre? But I'd, I'd be very interested to see. Yes, it is good. Cool. Hmm. Of I, I don't not see James Bond at all. <laughs> Just wondering how uh, you
1: haven't immediately said Spectre.
2: Oh, uh, well, I don't know because I haven't seen Quantum again, but yeah. um, I didn't think Spectre was as dull as. Quantum Solace, is uh-huh. it? <laughs> <sighs> it just feels. Spectre's
1: got stuff, hasn't it? It just feels a bit by numbers and a bit easy mm. and not very interesting.
2: Yeah, but then it's a common. Isn't it a common thing? Weird. It's like Moonraker. to a spy. Yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies. To Golden Eye. That they. The, the one after is a bit is slightly off. That's and you. A... This is a weird thing. I watched The Brosnans about two years ago, mm. all four in a, a weekend. And to my great surprise, Tomorrow Never Dies is the one I like the best.
1: <gasps> it's great, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think mm. it really is. I was, um, I just said it was off, but I don't, I, that's what I thought before. I thought it was much better than Gold. Is, and a lot think of that, I think much
1: more... David Arnold's score as well is so good in that film.
2: Yes, of course. it is.
1: Mm.
2: Uh, not Eric Serra. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's David's, of course, magnificent and brings... yes. So much to that, but I think it's a very, again, it's a, it's that interesting. It's a, it's a very complete film. It, um, like Golden Gun, it has a, a unity of place to it, which gives it a different flavor. Um, I think it's, I, I was really pleased with it. Um, I mean,
1: I won't go into my writer's tirade, but Tomorrow Never Dies is the last one that's not written by um, the writers who've been on there since The World is Not Enough, mm-hmm. but I won't go into that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, <let's... laughs> so, and i don't and i don't like you only live twice no i don't um
2: i obviously like you know things i like uh dicko henderson i like the volcano of course I there's there's so much there's so much important bond in it but Dick i don't henderson's like the fact that henderson's mysterious connery. private life <laughs> i don't like the fact that sean connery doesn't want to be there and it's palpable I,
1: it upsets me it's got the rock's dad in it is it the rock's uncle maybe is it? Yeah, oh. the guy who you know, bombs throws the couch out when they have a big fight in the office. Oh, the cat! That's good. The cat. Yeah. I um, don't like he wears those bowling shoes either. Also, the Foley on that <laughs> is out of control when people run. <laughs> it's clip clop, clip clop, clip clop. <laughs> yeah. Mad. Um, uh, next question: um, Can you give me your made-up Bond film title?
2: Oh, this is a very difficult one because mm. um, a friend of mine, when we were at college, we used to we had this running gag. Can't remember what we were trying to use it for, but that Rod that they'd started another film after View to a Kill until they realized that Roger Moore's stunt double was in it so much that Roger Moore wasn't in it at all. <laughs> and we called that film Never Die Forever, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty good. Uh but the the thing about Bond titles is <clears throat> I I hate the pastiche ones. I hate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know. They should be banned. The reason that Skyfall is such a good title is because it sounds like it sounds like a Fleming title that Fleming might have come up with because yep. it's a new it's a new idea. You go, mm-hmm. oh, that's why does that sound like a James Bond? But it doesn't sound like um, Tomorrow Never Dies or uh, or uh, No Time to Die. You know, they, they just
1: feel anything with die in it. <laughs> well, <laughs> also exactly I, the reason why I didn't like Spectre when they said the title is Spectre. I just thought. That's just really boring. Mm.
2: I think if you've just got to be bold with it. That's the thing. Yeah, and and not try and do a sort of. Some of them sound like algorithm titles, don't they? Where they yeah. just go, how many times have we used that? Whereas, weirdly, you know, I'm sure you know, tomorrow never dies was actually called tomorrow never lies, lies. Yeah. which is great because the paper is called tomorrow. It's about the press. It's a it's brilliant. It's a great title. It was an and there was a fax error or something. Was it was incredibly. But mm. to, tomorrow never lies is a very clever and Bond esque title. Tomorrow never dies just sounds like a
1: uh, a pastiche, doesn't it? Hence, why there's the pop song "Tomorrow Never Lies" because that was their audition to. Yeah, the that's right. Yeah. 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 So your Bond title is.
2: I have to go with "Never Die Forever." Just for fun. "Never
1: Die Forever." Brilliant. Okay, uh, Bond is full of silly lady names such as Holly, Goodhead, Plenty of Tool, and Penelope Smallbone. Give me your best Bond lady name.
2: Well, I have some form here because I wrote some three books about a secret agent called Lucifer Box, yeah, which were obviously very heavily Fleming influenced, mm-hmm. and um, the villainess in the third one, which is which is set in the 50s and is meant to be a sort of pastiche bond uh, It's called Melissa Forethought which I think is rather good I like that um, but that's that's my but I, I was dropping some down earlier the trouble is they all sound like drag names <laughs> uh, this is it um, Barb Dwyer <laughs> um, Crimea River she's yeah, yeah. she's Russian mm-hmm.
1: uh, Russian Turkish of course and
2: my favorite of all uh, Raquel Surprise there you go <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the winner. Yeah. Okay. Um, so um, you are Q. Sorry about that. But what gadgets would you have made for Bond in this film if you had your way?
2: I don't like the gadgets. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't.
1: Because this don't. is a fairly gadget light film anyway.
2: Yes, it is. Maybe that's why I like it. I mean, the
1: plane's um, the only gadget really—the one he flies at the end. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I think maybe invisible trousers. <laughs> invisible
1: trousers. Okay, that's, I'll take that. I'm sure Bond would as well. And um, finally, and this is probably oh. alluding to you mentioned a bit of this earlier. Who would you have as James Bond next? Impossible question.
2: Oh. Um, well, as I said earlier, I think for me, the 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 one of the brilliant elastic things about the Bond franchise and its key to its success is how it moves with the times and with public taste. Uh, Timothy Dalton, who we haven't even mentioned, who's a fantastic Bond. My favourite, um, by the way. Oh, me yeah. uh, But a fantastic, fantastic Bond. But he is Daniel Craig, you know, 30 years early. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's what they were trying to do, and, and, and it didn't quite take... For various reasons. But, it's like the end of Back to the um, Future.
1: No one was ready for it yet. Yeah,
2: it's true. <laughs> um, but um, I think when they really get it right, when they really hit the zeitgeist, it, it just renews itself. Everything we're talking about here with black exploitation and kung fu films, w- w- and then and then you get a you get a, a reimagining like. Casino Royale which just everyone just goes oh my god James Bond mm. and it just happens again he can you can keep doing that and I think the world is in such a state that's my other Bond title the world is in such a state <laughs> um, that we we would welcome some real escapism now it doesn't have to be Swanny Whistle and Barbara Woodhouse impressions it doesn't have to be stupid no. but it could be it could be more fun I think, and and it's it's hugely dependent on who they get because, you know, they, they added some little some moments of levity to Spectre, which which don't quite work with Daniel Craig because he's not that kind of Bond, you no. know, and uh, so I think what we're look I would say what you're looking for is the Roger Moore de jour. I would dare to say, if it isn't an ancient cliche, it would be brilliant to find an unknown mm-hmm. and essentially, you know, do a Connery on
1: it. Not that he
2: was totally unknown, but you know, just just make a star out of it rather than someone with baggage.
1: Yeah, someone low key. Yeah, someone who's been in Darby O'Gill and the Little People.
2: <laughs> du jour.
1: Well, Disney <laughs> might actually do a remake of Darby O'Gill for Disney Plus. No. Well, whoever that is, <laughs> it's
2: a shoe in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't. I think there are people who are. You know, sometimes. Sometimes there's sort of two or three candidates, and sometimes there's just like Pierce Brosnan was—he absolutely had to be James Bond. Yeah, he was—he was so cruelly denied. But then, of course, it had to happen. Somehow or other, the universe had to be bent into the right shape because he—he he was born to do it, you know. So, I think every now and then there are there are lots of potential candidates, and then suddenly it just coalesces around a, a person, doesn't it? Weirdly, bringing this perfectly full circle, because Roger Moore was going to do. The Man with the Golden Gun in 1968 in Cambodia. Yeah. And the whole of Bond history would be totally rewritten.
1: Wouldn't yeah. Still mad about Roger Moore that he, when he did live and let die, he was, his, what, he was in his early 40s. Yeah, yeah. And he looks about 28 years old.
2: Well, some might say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, thank you so much for talking An about An absolute pleasure. Yeah, it was lovely to have you on. And thank you so much.
2: Thank you very much bye good night
1: good night good
2: night good night sleep well
1: they got nothing else to do. Also, there'll be a quiz on the bill. All right, see you soon. Lots of love.
0: Cabin that's our Twitter name. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?